Welcome to the Urban Guru Cafe. Uh, yeah, from it's good. Manuel, there is too much butter on those trays. Okay. There is too much butter on those trays. No, 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 senor. What? Not, not on those trays. No, sir. Uno, dos, tres. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm mucho burro ali. Okay. I ain't afraid of your Yahweh. I ain't afraid of your Allah. I ain't afraid of your Jesus. I'm afraid of what you do in the name of your God. I'm afraid of what you do in the name of your God. There's nowhere to go. There's nothing to get. This is it. But there are just words. Unless the meaning really impacts somehow. It really stops you in your tracks and you go, what's really going on here? Who am I? And if you explore who am I, it, it's just psychology, it's just stories. So it's not a matter of who am I, it's what am I? Hi, I'm Aretti. This week I'm talking with Gilbert. You've posted lately about how people come to see that they are just puppets in a mind game, but they are anxious to pin this thing down as a permanent acquisition, and this becomes a problem because it cannot belong to anyone. Can you explain this particularly common pattern in seekers? The belief in being somebody trying to acquire something is the basis of it. It's the same old equation. The seeing is the primary activity, which is also known as knowing. So when these glimpses of the fact that this activity that's going on, this belief in me, is just an appearance, when that happens, there's no one there that sees that. But the thing is that the impressions register with the mind and then the grasping comes in. A story starts up. Ah, now I've got it, I've got it. And then it's gone. Now I've got to find it again. Not realising that it's the absence of that seeker that was recognized. Four seasons in one day Lying in the depths of your imagination Worlds above and worlds below The sun shines on the black clouds Hanging over the domain Even when you're feeling warm Temperature could drop away Like four seasons in one day It's the same with when love and hate are absent. Everything's clear and undisguised. So in that moment of everything being clear and undisguised, there's no sufficient label to put on this clear and empty presence. And the mind can only draw on the past from all the words that have been learned and they're from the past. We're trying to pin down this immediacy with a label from the past. And of course, it doesn't work. It cannot work. And even if you were to invent a new word in this immediacy to describe this immediacy, it would still be a description. It wouldn't be 
what is being described. So what is being described is indescribable. What you are is indescribable. You are invisible. You're not this body, you're not this form, you're not these qualities. You could say what you are is this knowing. What you are is this knowing and to the mind, you know, that'll trigger off another sort of story about what knowing is and arguments will go on. So it's a never-ending problem of description and nothing really, really does the trick because everything is an appearance in that. You know, some of the ancient texts, like the one in the Gita where it says the sword can't cut it, the fire can't burn it, the water can't drown it, the wind can't dry it. It's all pointing at that which is containing everything. It's all inclusive. And we've got this concept that everything will become all-inclusive if I can do this, this and this and this. It doesn't become all-inclusive. It is all-inclusive. What is real is full stop. This imaginary person that I think I am is just imagination. It's not going to become reality. The reality of that imagination is it is imagination and nothing more than imagination. So the quicker you can see that, the better. <laughs> but that's another trap. <laughs> talking about that it reminded me of um, Bob's analogy you know when he talks about the wind rustling the leaves yeah. and you see it blowing the tree you can't see the wind and in fact you can't see light you only see light when it touches an object out in space where light is passing through the space so to speak there's, there's nothing there. unless it hits a speck of dust you don't even know it's there you can't see the wind it's invisible you see the effects of the wind you can't see the self because it's invisible. You see the effects of the self. How many roads must a man walk down before you call him a man? The answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind. The answer is blowing in the wind. You can't see the self because it's invisible. You see the effects of the self. So if you look at Christianity, you've got the Holy Trinity, the Father, the Son and the Holy Ghost. Now the Holy Ghost is invisible, just like you cannot find anything with any substance or independent nature called me or self. You can talk to a thousand people about what the Holy Ghost is, or self, and you'll have a thousand different opinions. 
in the esoteric realm it's called the third force. The third force is always invisible. You only see the effects of this dance between positive and negative. The neutral remains neutral. But this dance of one, two and three, say one is positive, two is negative, three is neutral. This dance of the elements, or the dance of the three, is happening all the time. But you never see this third force. If you go in search of the self, who's going in search of the self? It's kind of interesting, but it doesn't lead anywhere because you've never left this presence awareness. That's why we say, there's nowhere to go, there's nothing to get, this is it. But they're just words. Unless the meaning really impacts somehow, it really stops you in your tracks and you go, what's really going on here? Who am I? And if you explore who am I, it's just psychology, it's just stories. So it's not a matter of who am I, it's what am I? What am I? What am I? What is just a label? Yeah. Am is the verb to be. What is this I? Investigate the I. See what it is. It's like if you go looking for it, you just find empty space. And you can go back as far as you want, you can go up as far as you want, you can go down as far as you want, off to the left, off to the right, you won't find any eye. Now there are so-called scientists around who have been studying the phenomena of eye for 30 years writing books about it. They're called cognitive researchers or cognitive scientists or whatever. And they haven't really found anything except more and more theories. Now. They haven't found anything. If they had found something, you would know about it. You would hear about it. They haven't found anything. Because there isn't anything. There's no substance or independence to this I. It's only words but knowing that, realising that, demolishes all of our beliefs. Every single belief we have is demolished. So where does that leave you? all of your beliefs, all your fundamental beliefs and everything, it, it, it leaves you present and aware. And that's being nakedly awake to what is. Starry, starry night Paint your palette blue and grey Look out on a summer's day With eyes that know the darkness in my soul what you tried to say to me And how you suffered for your sanity And how you tried to set them free They would not listen, they're not listening still Perhaps they never will 
but the mind doesn't want to know about that. It wants a story. If that taste of naked presence happens as some amazing experience, then a story starts up and then, you know, you end up with another guru. You say, the intelligence that makes all of this possible is not an experience. It is always and ever immediate experiencing. Can you please explain the difference between experience and experiencing? They would not listen, they're not listening. Well, experiencing is ceaseless. It's absolutely ceaseless. Never stops. An experience is something that's been labelled from the immediate past or from the distant past. It's a story that the mind has a description of it. So it's no longer the immediacy. And the more times it's recalled, the more it changes, bits are added to it, bits are dropped off. But the fact is it's dead, it's, it belongs to the past. It's not the immediacy. Now experiencing is ceaseless. So if you can stay, not that there's anyone there that can stay with it or not stay with it, but you know what I'm saying, if you can stay with that immediate experiencing and realise that is what you are, then you don't need to hang on to these stories of the past. And then everything is clear and undisguised. Everything is clear and obvious. Without a story. But how unusual that is. So in a way, experience is what the mind makes out of experiencing. Yeah, it's a description. I mean, if I ask you, what's your experience of last week? You know, you come up with a whole bunch of things. It's not really the immediacy, is it? We're actually talking about the past. Another aspect of the experience is that there's an experiencer tied in with this me that's telling the story about the experience. The experiencing doesn't have a me. It's actually free of all forms, shapes and qualities apart from seeing and knowing. One more night, one more day, one more song. Can you do it again? I don't know. I bet I make it. That's a fate of the fool. And a guitar man. That's the fate of a fool. And a guitar man. So it's uninterrupted. And for the mind, it's like it's maybe too quick or too fleeting because the mind is like, if you're identified with the content of the mind and the story of me, it's wavering around all over. You know, sometimes you seem to be more present, sometimes you're not so present, you know, and all this sort of stuff. It's always wavering around because the mind oscillates between the pairs of opposites. And thought itself is a vibration. So if you're attaching yourself 
as that me or that I, which is also a word of vibration, it's wavering. It's not the stability of reality. So there's always a sense of vulnerability in that. And everything I say can be counteracted and argued from somebody else and blah, 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 blah. And, and that can be very threatening depending on how much belief is going into it. People can get really, really pissed off if you counteract what they're saying. But if you meet somebody who's obviously stable, he can fire up if necessary. He can throw shit back at you if you throw shit at him. But that in itself is a pointer that there's something absolutely stable there. Said the apple to the orange, oh, I wanted you to come close to me and kiss me to the core. Then you might know me like no other orange has ever done before. We're trying to approach it through the mind, of course. Do you get to that stability or that reality? The mind is already starting to fade. And then the what isness, it's as if it takes over. Of course, it was always there. And so there's a kind of a shift that people are always looking for this shift, and that it is like a shift. Do you realize that you're not this changing pattern of whatever that's happening? You are this invisible stability, which is forever unchanging. But you know, everyone has a problem with awareness because they've got a concept about what awareness is and they've got this idea that awareness disappears when you go to sleep. In getting in touch with the stability, you can have experiences of being awake while you're asleep. There's an awareness there which is indescribable, but that awareness doesn't come and go. It's there during all of the states, the waking state, the dream state, the deep sleep state, they all come and go. It's like the mirror analogy. You know, everything in the manifestation is like reflections in the mirror. And what you're actually seeing is the mirror. You're seeing nothing but the mirror. seeing is the mirror. You're seeing nothing but the mirror. And the reflections we take to be real. You go up to the mirror, the mirror makes itself obvious. You put your hand on it, there it is, solid. Absolutely solid. And you can see that the reflections are reflections. You can't grab them, you can't say they don't exist. It's the same with this manifestation. It's a beautiful analogy. 
the mirror needs things outside of it to reflect. The awareness doesn't need anything outside of it because everything is inside of it, because everything is appearing on or in the awareness. And furthermore, everything is the awareness. So even the reflections are awareness, but they're not as they appear to be. So it comes back to this one essence expressing and appearing as everything. You know, the other profound thing is that everything appears in the seeing. But we've got this idea that I am the seer, I am seeing. But it's not that way at all. That's a mind fabrication. Everything is the seeing. You cannot separate anything from the seeing. The seen and the seer cannot exist without the seeing. cannot separate anything from the seeing. The seen and the seer cannot exist without the seeing. But it's probably one of the most profound pointers. And because it's one of the most profound pointers, it's misunderstood. But if the meaning actually reveals itself, it's unmistakable. And it's inexpressible. The mind is absolutely stopped in its tracks. Everything is equal. But people say, well, that fence over there can't see me. You don't know what can see and what can't see. You're so fixated on you being a seer that you have no idea what reality is. say the return journey is the dissolution of the journey and the pattern making the journey. Can you explain this? Well, it appears that we're lost in phenomena. We're seeking wholeness, completeness. We're on this journey. People write books about this, you know, the sacred journey. We've got this idea that we're on a journey. It's the same equation. The closer you get through the mind to the truth, the mind begins to dissolve. The journey, which is time, dissolves. It dissolves into this moment and you realize that there is no time apart from this moment. And even to call it a moment is just another concept. We start off with this idea of being a, a separate self in search of the true self and if we're genuine and sort of sincere or tired of the bullshit then we begin to really get fair dinkum as we say in Australia you start to come closer to what is real and what is real will dissolve what is false so this idea of a journey is seen to be a false belief you realize you've never gone anywhere. You never really acquired anything. 
and that there's nothing wrong right here, right now. It's the same old story Coming round again It's the same old story Coming round again And I do understand that if somebody believes that they're on a journey and they're seeking and they're, they've been doing it for a long time and that they hear somebody like me saying that, it can be really annoying because they can't believe it. But it's never a matter of belief. You know, belief is useless. Start from the fact that you are that. You are that shining intelligence that's looking through the mask, the persona of who I think I am is just a mask. The seeing is looking straight through that. So stop fixating on the mask and let it be what it is, just an appearance. And then everything is clear and undisguised. I'm fixing a hole where the rain gets in And stops my mind from wandering where it will go You've been listening to The Urban Guru Cafe. Okay. I'm mucho burro. Ali. Ah, mantequilla. What? Okay. Mantequilla. Burro is, uh, is, um, uh, or... <laughs> the Urban Guru Cafe is produced in Australia. Please leave your comments and your questions on the website. There's no business like no business. The Urban Guru Cafe is a free podcast. Beyond the horizon of the place we lived when we were young In a world of magnets and miracles Constantly and without boundary The ringing of the division bell had begun Steps taken forwards But sleepwalking back again Dragged by the force of some inner tide The main thing is Pay attention Pay close attention to everything Everything you see. Notice what no one else notices. And you'll know what no one else knows. What you get is what you get. What you do with what you get. That's more the point. Wouldn't you say?